It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. And joining us from last week, Jessica Rolly from Melbourne, who suffered anorexia, then had her miracle twins. Jess, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us again. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Jess, let's kick it off with where we were up to last week. Your story was absolutely fascinating, compelling. Um, But as Naomi said, uh, we went through quite a bit of a journey with you. Um, But for many women, when you kind of, that moment after you've had your babies and you're sort of going through that emotional roller coaster, your body does change a lot. So for you who've been quite open and honest about your um, battle with anorexia, how was that particular moment for you? Super, super hard. Um, you know, I think, like, thinking about it at a whole as well, um, and then I'll drill down a little bit, but just some things pop up. I know the pressures around people say what they say. Oh, don't worry. Um, you know, breastfeeding helps you lose weight or breastfeeding will take it off or don't worry, it all just drops off. You know, I, I think I heard it all, you know, um, to the point where I think at five weeks pregnant, I'll never forget this as well. Sorry, not pregnant, postpartum. Um, I was in country road with my best friend who was very pregnant at the time. And the lady was like, oh, how long have you got? And she was like, oh, you know, I've got three weeks left or something. And she's like, oh, what about you? How exciting you get to be pregnant together. And I literally just like felt my whole tummy just drop. And I was like, oh, uh, I've, I had twins five weeks ago actually and the lady just like oh okay and just like I obviously didn't know what to say and I just remember like dying a little bit inside Mm -hmm. um because I felt I sort of was feeling oh you know I found some clothes that I was willing to wear or you know had maybe felt made me feel a little bit okay and then you know that moment where someone thought I was just pregnant and I and I wasn't um because obviously, after birth, you still really got a tummy, don't you? Particularly mm. um, after a C-section, it doesn't sort of go down. I think like a natural birth. I'm I could be wrong, but um, I definitely still looked very pregnant the day after, if not obviously five weeks later. Um, so very challenging, I have to say. Um, and for me breastfeeding did not drop my weight off at all so I literally um I feel like my body held on to the weight to feed them so my goal was definitely to breastfeed as long as I could um and then we made it to the seventh seven month mark I think in the end my milk just really wasn't keeping up um and it was it wasn't until I actually stopped that my body started to sort of go oh okay so we're on the journey to going back to being, you know, deaf now. And um, I do think it was accepting the new death as well. It was never going to be the old death. So, yeah. Our body's amazing though. So your body knew you needed that extra, well, I'm go- not weight, but, you know, it is weight, but needed the extra weight in order to make the milk Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like your body just honoured your wishes, basically. 
to A, fall pregnant, and then B, to, to breastfeed for as long as you did. And it just knew that that's what it needed to do to get you to the stage where you wanted to be. 100%. And look, if I, it's funny, I've never even thought about that, but now you've mentioned it. Like, to be honest, my body probably knew, or me subconsciously knew, hey, if you start, um, you know, dropping weight off, then, you know, um, this isn't going to be what it's supposed to be um, and what your body needs to feed these little people. So let's, you know, really put you in the pain of of having to be the most selfless person. I think breastfeeding twins or breastfeeding in general is a really selfless act as a mother. I think you literally have to be prepared to give away and, and let go of so many things for the life of your human to give your human the best start um, and that opportunity. And, you know, I, I was just so grateful now looking back that I could breastfeed because I know making milk for one, much less two, is, was so tough. Like you had to eat and you had to eat the good things to produce the milk. And, and that was literally my day was like pumping, feeding, pumping, feeding, am I eating things to make milk? having milk, um, having tea, uh, the tea that produces the milk. Like I tried everything to make sure that I could create the best nutrient milk for these, these babies. And that, and that was my day. Like you are in your, your bubble of twins. And meanwhile, I was also in my bubble of trying to avoid looking in mirrors as well um, because I knew that I just wasn't, you know, what I was. And for me, it was, tough because I did say so many times oh I'm never going to be fit again I'm just never going to be fit again I can't I can't believe that I look like this like I just I couldn't fathom the body that I had you know and 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 now just I guess the biggest blessing is I can be so grateful for you know the fact that I have two super healthy boys and I grew them and fed them to the best of my ability but also that um no matter what, like I can look back and um, that body um, wasn't, you know, it's no reflection of being bigger, smaller, everything. Like if you can be grateful for that body that created these humans and fed them, like is there anything better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to know, um, we were talking last week about the pressure that you physically felt on your body and the aches and pains um, of carrying the boys. I personally yeah. struggled massively with breastfeeding. It made me feel really, really unwell. Did you did you struggle physically with that or was were you quite comfortable once you got in a routine? I literally came out of the theatre and they put them straight on and they just started sucking. Um, oh. I think... I don't know whether if I – I was so adamant to prior to having them. I had almost, like, mentally prepared myself. And I remember the amount of people saying to me, like, oh, you know, it's really hard. Like, it's actually – you know, and now I get it because when I look – I remember now I have friends who've never had kids who talk about it. And, and you sort of – you can't tell someone that doesn't mm-hmm. know, though. Um, and then when um, – I was like, no, I'm so adamant. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And people are like, oh, but just be aware that it's, it's sometimes super challenging. And I was like, okay, I'm aware, I'm aware. Um, and then, yeah, I think, you know, I, I mentally prepared myself and it was, I wasn't afraid of it or 
anything and then it was just straight on and they started sucking. But in saying that, we did have our challenges in terms of I did need a breast consultant. Um, the pain of, of the breastfeeding was out of this world. The oh, that, oh my gosh. Oh, it was toe-curling pain. Oh, my God. Oh. Toe-curling is the right word. Oh, oh my yeah. Lord. I recall that. Yeah. You, you, you can still feel it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm actually sitting here holding my boobs. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just shivered. <laughs> I killed my toes. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's really difficult. It I was think, almost um, like you cried as well. There were oh, moments where I yeah. remember they were on and oh. I was just bawling my eyes out. I like, used to sit in the shower and just cry. <laughs> yeah. Just, and oh, I think the difference with multiples is um, with, you know, uh, a lot of people would know is you don't get a break. No. Um, I used to tan them and it was like, you can't just use the other boob. They're both ripped up. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there's no rest. <laughs> there's, no, there's absolutely no. no rest for your boob at all. No rest. None. And the creams, like I, you know, I tried everything under the sun. Yeah. Um, and I think I ended up using, I can't really remember the name. Um, uh, Eddie Betts' wife does like a, a range of natural, that, that was the best one that I found, like a cream that I used, and I was literally lathering it on, icing them, everything. Like, that is a pain that never goes away. <laughs> you never oh. forget that one. Oh. Um, but there's so many um, – I know I've always wondered about, you know, why some people can't and why some people can and the journey that everyone takes. It's, you know, like it's so mm. different for everyone, isn't it? Oh, it is. Like I was adamant I was going to and we just hit so many struggles. I had to had to give it up because of the quality of my milk and no matter how much I wanted to, I just it wasn't working for me. We lasted about three and a half months. Um but yeah, and then, then Naomi, how far did you go? Uh, eighteen months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which and yeah. then both of them are massive though. And you know, that is incredible because I I just figure even if you get them on once and they have that one suck, then Honestly, you pat yourself on the back, and if you can't, you can't. Like you, honestly, there's no, there's no good or bad. You know what yeah. I mean? I think we put so many pressures on women these days for everything, like mm. everything. Absolutely. Did Just, you? Um, it makes everything so hard in before you've even had the baby. <laughs> Did you find that after you'd had? the boys and then going through the breastfeeding process because one of the things that I found um, that I didn't expect was I found when I was breastfeeding, I find it a very exposed um, event and I I breastfed the boys at the same time um, and then would try and pump as well. But I found it very exposed and at that point in time I was very conscious in those moments of my body. Did you go through a similar thing or were there certain things that would make you realise the changes in your body? Oh my gosh, yes. It's, um, I've forgotten about that. So as a twin feeder, I had one of those twinsy pillows and, you know, um, you, you, you read up a lot of things and I, and I had those muslins ready to cover up and all that. Um, and you just can't, you can't, you got two babies, you're trying to make sure they're hooked on properly. You're trying to hold them there so they don't fall off and all the other bits that go on. And you just kind of have to, let it all out, don't you? Um, mm. 
There is nothing glamorous. I mean, I don't about you're, not, you're, like, you're sitting there on your bed, and you can you can see your belly, you can see your scars, you can see your boobs sagging by the minute, kind of thing. And it, it's a Everything. very raw experience, isn't it? Very. Um, and it, I have it's nothing. Really... Yeah, it's nothing like I, you know, like the Madonna image of the <laughs> serene <laughs> woman holding a baby to her breast and looking lovingly and in each amazing, other's eyes. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> seating has got nothing on that. There is just nothing glamorous, or yeah, I don't know. It's just you're, you're totally exposed. You you've got to take your shirt off and just let it all hang out. Mm. You um, really do. And you feel like a big um, – and look, there are some beautiful photos I look back on and I'm like, I actually feel that moment and I remember when our journey ended that I got so emotional because that is a moment you can never – like, it's so special. But you, there's also so much of that, like, I, the image of just feeling like a milking cow, like, even to the, you know, the, all the black and the um, stretch marks I had on my boobs. And I um, had a augmentation when I was young, again, because I didn't, you know, wanting this perfect idyllic, idyllic image. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like they are horrific. I couldn't stand them. They were at the floor. They were um, like really weird colors and all this sort of stuff. And then on top of that, you know, your, your boobs always, almost like melt into your tummy because, yeah, your tummy's like so stretched as well. Um, but yeah, to, to go back to that, um, 100%, I, you know, obviously I, I needed assistance. Not everyone has that. Um, I know I hats off to those moms who literally do it on their own. I, I tandem fed. So, you know, I needed someone to, and obviously post C section was really difficult to move around. Um, so I needed someone to take the baby off, change the nappy put them back on for them, you know, like all that sort of stuff. And and that was my husband a lot. But um, it also became my mother-in-law, my mum, an auntie one time, a, a nanny, and, um, you know, all the people, you know, your little village. Um, and, and honestly, I remember thinking everyone is looking at me like, you're so massive and your boobs are like. And I reckon now looking back, no one would have thought that. They would have been like, how incredible your breastfeeding <laughs> but in my head it was oh my god everyone's looking at me like you are huge look like you're do you know what I mean like my yep. thought process around the whole thing was not you know and maybe that's how we all kind of feel I don't I don't know if you have that experience as well I didn't but I also didn't have um you know didn't have a lot of help like that around so for me it wasn't um you know I, I kind of did a lot of that myself um or you know if Dave was around but um yeah so I didn't but I, I can definitely see it was I mean we did rounds of IVF and I just remember thinking oh my gosh I'm up here in stirrups and everyone is just looking at my vagina um, you know yeah. Yeah. like it's the, the same kind of thing yeah. um and and feeling really uh not self-conscious because it because I was naked up on a table. More so, I, but I remember th- thinking, oh, you know, I wonder if they compare them, you know, and just feeling really <laughs> such a strange oh, thing to be talking about. But yeah, but feeling really uncomfortable, thinking, oh, you know, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I I, I do understand exactly what you're talking about. I um, 
so from my looking back, I had a lot of anxieties around my self-worth and whether I can do things myself, which I still definitely, I'm doing a lot of work on. And that was one thing I genuinely thought I could not do it myself. So there was like, I would go into an absolute frenzy if there was no one home and I was home by myself with two babies. So a lot of the work that I'm doing and that's, and I'm so inspired by people like you who, who really don't have that much help because I just think, oh my gosh, it's so much work. Um, and the obstetrician drilled in us, into us so many times. Have you got support? Your husband works a lot. Have you got support? Your husband works. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll be fine. And then when they came, the anxiety I had around these tiny humans and trying to keep them alive, I was just like, oh my gosh, I've got to keep these alive. And I, and I didn't feel worthy in myself that I could do it. So a lot of um, my growth has also been healing from that to know I can do it, I can do it, I can do this myself. You know, like even to now when they run off onto the road or, you know, they, they test all the boundaries now because they're toddlers. Um, you know, it's like, okay, yep, we're testing, but we can do this. It's okay. There's people have done it before. Um, that's also... You know, you you saying you didn't have a lot of support. That that that's where I sort of read from that was, um, you know, I've had a lot of growth in that area too. Um, I think I've, I've been so hard on myself from the control, obviously going and then only controlling my food, to then now I I'm I'm also living this thing where I can oh I can do it. You know, I can do this myself. Um, I remember the stresses of of just not thinking that I could do it. Um, and there are some lonely times being a twin mum. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, everything that you were just saying is actually the reason I set twin foe up. Yeah. Because I I didn't even know that there were things like sleep consultants, you yeah. know, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I just wanted to make it easier for families to easily get help. Mm. Yeah, and to know that help is there, and to not—I don't know. I mean, uh, there's so much stigma around a mother asking for help. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And so I thought, well, if I can have it all in one area and in a place where they're already comfortable in, you know, in going to the website to read blogs or to, you know, in the Facebook group or something like that to um, ask their questions. Well, if we can help them by having the people that they need, like the lactation consultants, the um, you know the um, sleep and settling consultants, the things like that that they are going to need, then hopefully they'll be able to they'll be a lot more comfortable in reaching out to get help if they need a nanny, if they need a break. Mm-hmm. And it's this, um, yeah, I I'm actually doing a lot of work with my mentor at the moment around it and. You know, I, I, one day I just had this moment a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I, I, I just can't, I can't. I was just bawling my eyes out and I was like, I can't. They're just running everywhere. They're testing the boundaries and they're screaming and they're, and it was just this big, you know, one of those days. And I was like, I, I can't do it on my own. They, they, you know, I can't be in two bedrooms at once. And, 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 you know, it was one of those moments that we've all been on and you, you just have this strings, heart strings pulling like, you've got two children at the same age and they both are requiring the same thing and you just can't be two people, you're just one. And mm. and then she just said to me, it's okay to ask for help. 
the whole thing around it takes a village because it does take a village. We've got something now in this new age where we, you know, mums are supposed to, you know, oh, you'll be right. You've got it, you know, mum and baby, even just if you have one, it's like expected that the mum, well, she's right. She's just got one baby and one mum. Mm. But in the old days, like, that, they, everyone helped out. That was the thing. And we, we have two. So these, um, you know, what you've created is amazing because I, as soon as I fell pregnant, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have no idea what to do. Like none. I wouldn't have even known what to do with one, much less two. And these, you know, and what you've created this community is so helpful because I know people who have had twins now reach out to me on social media and things like that just what what do I need to buy? What don't I need to buy? Even just the simple things like that, you know, there's things yeah. that um, for twins that that single mums have no idea about because we have our own little things that you know make life easier if you are breastfeeding or you know stuff like that. So yeah, the forums and the groups are just like such a special thing for twin mums, I reckon. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you talk about the self worth side of it, because um, that I think that's an un, it's a fairly strong underlying factor for any eating disorder. Um, it's something that I was battled with, and funnily enough, when I fell pregnant with the twins, I was the opposite. I was adamant I was going to do everything myself, and I'm not good at asking for help. But even when I'm swimming and I'm melting down and the tears are flowing behind the scenes, I'm not good at stepping up and asking for help because I think I should be able to do it all myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost Um, a flip on the other side, I guess, in a way. Like I was adamant like when people were around the boys when they were little, I almost didn't want them there. And Naomi and I have spoken about this before because I just felt I needed to do everything for them and I needed to be that one to do everything for them. That is it. So I'll, I'll rewind a little bit back. Um, sorry, I totally get it. It's, sorry, I probably didn't explain it that well. It's, it's, I only go to my husband. So I'll mm, be like, mm. help, help, help. I won't go to anyone else. Yeah. Um, he, when they were born, everyone told me I had separation anxiety. So yeah, I had this crazy yeah. separation anxiety. Oh, you had the same, yeah. Well, yeah, and everyone like, told me that. And they were like, you need to let go of them. And I, except my mum, my mum was like, they're your boys. You can do what you want. But a, a yeah. lot of other family were like, you need to hand them over. You need to have a day on your own. You need to be away from them. And I'm like, I don't feel that way. All I want is to be with them. Yeah. I was that the was same. Exactly, yeah. same. Exactly the same. I had no... There was I did not want people touching them, holding them. No one, not single person. And it was mm. you need a break. You 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 know you're breastfeeding and pumping. I'm like no 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 no. They stay in the room with me. I'm not going in a different room. Yeah, I'm staying in this room. And that was the thing. Um, I think what I flipped between is, um, I I want to do everything, and we we can't. We physically yeah. you can't yeah. see everyone and everything, and then eat and. And you make have, bottles and do. You, you just can't. To let your guard <laughs> down. You have to open it up and you have to let people. I mean, I, I remember having those conversations so many times with my other half saying, please let people help you. And I'm like, but I don't want to. And then, yeah, in yeah. hindsight, you're like, you know, it is right to let that guard down. But it's really tricky. <laughs> it is. And to be honest, um, for me, it was, um, you know, it's quite raw. But it, for me, it was um, – I just wanted to be there, everything, be there every second of every moment mm. because I knew 
I, I just wanted to do it right and I wanted them to have the best life and, and, and that was the connection to their mum and their dad and that was so important to me um, that to the point where, yeah, I just wanted to shut the world out. Um, but there comes a, a point where, yeah, I my back ended up going and I, and I still think to this day it went because the universe was like, hey, like, you, you're not going to survive if you don't let someone in. Yeah. So I had this from the all the bending. Well, not you'll know about this. All the bending into the cot. Mm. I my lower back, and again, probably due to the anorexia, my back just went. It it couldn't handle the repetition of in out in out with no with babies that never slept. I was just constantly bending over wrong, and it ended up just going. Like I literally had to spend six weeks, and I wasn't allowed to pick them up because I my back was gonna totally. Yeah, be straight. So um, six weeks, I had to allow people to pick them up and give them to me. And it was the most, I have just completely forgotten until you brought that up. Um, it was the most harrowing experience. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to pick you up. And I had to let go. And it wasn't that I wasn't there. I was right next to them and they would pass them to me and then I would feed them. But it was, I swear it was just let go. Like, let go and let people support you. They're still your babies. They still know that you're the mum. But you, you you, can't be a robot with 10,000 arms. It's just not, mm. you know. Yeah. And I know there are some people who, who do it, like, and they find their little, their nooks and their crannies at work, like the, the bed, one goes in the bed or one does here or a lot of them, I think, separate feed um, as well. But. Yeah, no, that was um, mm. the self-worth thing. It just brings up a lot of the pain and traumas that come through your childhood, also your higher mm. years. Like everything's just exposed. Um, you're literally exposed. So um, it just gives you a really great opportunity, I think, to kind of have a look at those things and reflect on them as well. So for, forever as well, even to now with like toddler tantrums and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, really. Go to that seven-month point where the decision, you made the decision, whatever, you get to that point where you stop breastfeeding. Um, That must have been another milestone for you because here now these babies are going to go start to go into solids and um, move forward with their eating. Um, What was that – how was that pivotal for you with your anorexia and and moving forward? And then um, I'd love to know more about how you've sort of balanced that focus on food because I know for me, uh, one of my sons actually ironically has issues with feeding and I've I've had to – it's like looking in a mirror of when I was younger and um, obviously he's a lot younger and it's sensory related but we now have to go through not making food a big issue in our house. Um, yeah. So how's that whole situation been for you? Um, so it was um, a very hard time to let go. I cried a lot. Um, anyone that's breastfed would know it's quite a journey. And then when it comes to an end, there's, you you know, you have that thing where you're like, oh, thank God, I'm so over it. And then you're like, no, I'm, oh, I'm going to miss it. And you're so emotional like all over the place. Um but it was just, I just couldn't keep it up. And also for me, I just was so adamant I didn't want formula. Like I just did not want formula. Um, and, but I finally, that was another thing I had to let go on was I just like, I just couldn't keep it up. So, 
um, yeah, around the seven mark, we then started doing solids. So we waited a little bit longer um, just till we felt the boys were really ready. Um, it was a strange time because I, I do remember thinking, are they going to be funny with food? Are they going to like food? Um, they both loved food. Like it just went straight in. I don't know whether we, because we waited that little, I really wanted to wait until they showed the signs. Um, and they, I think we, I was pretty adamant around what we started on. I didn't want to do rice cereal. Um, I started with sweet potato, I think, um, and apple. And I was really adamant we didn't do, um, too much sugar. And I remember being a little bit like, it was definitely, I controlled it. Um, and I remember feeling like I was, and I'd be like, oh, don't do that, don't do this, or don't put something in, or whatever. Um, and then I slowly have noticed some trends with one of them. He is quite specific on what he eats. Um, but I've also, I, I used to stress out about that. Um, I'd get like, oh, he's not eating the, the broccoli, or he's not eating the this part or that part. Um, but I actually have learned to let go in terms of... Um, you actually, the more you talk about making the food the issue, it actually creates the issue. So we just literally put a tasting plate now. Um, and as much as I can feel myself inside going, oh my gosh, you're not eating that or you're not doing this or whatever, um, I just let it go. I'm like, okay, that's what we're having today. Because what I've also noticed, I've, I've spoken to a lot of um, people who kind of around a psychology kind of way. And um, they, um, you know, they they try and explain, like, try not to make the food the issue. Like, if they're not going to eat that potato or that thing, that's what they've chosen not to eat today. And as a young kid, they kind of know what they want and what they need. So they might want to eat egg today, and that's because they're in need of protein, but they don't want whatever the protein is on the next meal or because they feel they have enough. Um, so I've tried to kind of follow that guide and I also try and eat with them. So they see me eat um, and then they know mummy eats. Because um, I don't, you know, I do think a lot about, you know, if there comes a point where mummy, why is mummy not eating the um, rice? Or I still, um, as you can hear in my voice, um, I still really struggle with it. Um, and that's why I overcome is is a word I, I don't like to put to it because I know I sort of live with it still every day. Um, but for me, it's it's a journey that you know I can I would never want them to have. Um, so if it means I have to sit there and eat rice with them at some point, then that's just what it's going to be. But at the moment, they I do my best to eat what I can with them. Um, and we share things or they'll eat off my plate or the more I think it's more of a sharing thing and it's not a you eat at this time and that's what you do and then we eat at this time. So I've gone from being quite stringent and quite specific and like, oh, oh, and really to just sort of like making food not a not a thing or an issue. It's like if we're hungry, we eat and, and I take a lot of prepared food. So We'll, t we'll have oats and berries in the park or, um, you know, and then they'll want mandarins. Or, so I'm always really prepared with food so that I don't feel like we're always having buying things. 
Um, but I also just, you know, if there's a croissant or, or something, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know, I avoid sugars, like a, you know, I don't feel from my kids, they need to have sugar in terms of cakes and things like that yet, just because there will be plenty of time for that. But if dad's having a croissant or someone's having a sandwich or a something, something, like I, I don't make it a deal anymore, whereas I used to be like, no, 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 they can't eat that. They're not allowed that. So it's definitely been a, a can of worms that's opened. Um, it's also a strange kind of thing because I, I do know some people whose kids don't like eating. Um, and it's just, a, I'm not sure kind of what's behind it, do you know what I mean? Rather than what the food is. I know my husband lived on cheese sandwiches for two years. <laughs> That's all he would eat. He's the, he literally wouldn't eat anything else. Um, so when he was a baby, like a child, as a child, yeah. Oh, really? Two, yep. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, and I I make jokes. I go, oh, he's doing he's doing you again. He's taking on your stuff. Like we make jokes, not around them though. Um, but it does make me. And now he, you know, he eats anything. But you know, is it like it always makes me wonder what the thing with food is like what are they trying to tell us what are they trying to um say what's the connection what's the yeah but you know like I feel like it's never the food you know and and I mean it's okay not to like something some people just just do not want to eat you know well Jess I just think you're doing an amazing job given the issues that you have had in the past with food and everything like that it does sound like you're you know, you're really doing the best job that mm, you can absolutely. to get get the boys to eat. And, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us because um, I found it absolutely fascinating and, I mean, absolute credit to you for um, persevering and, you know, trying to do everything right, everything right for your boys. And I think they're very lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's... Um it's been an interesting topic today. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it has. And I think you've done an incredible job on um, working on yourself and, and um, turn. I'm going to say turning a corner. It's a very uh, cliche eating disorder phrase, I dare say, but um, I hope that you don't find that offensive. <laughs> um, no, not at all. But I, um... I, I know personally the struggle that it is to turn those corners and to, to start looking at your life differently and start looking at yourself differently. And it's it's huge. Um, it's it's really, really massive. And the fact that you're doing that and that your boys have you, and my son's about to have a meltdown in the background right now over his uh, toast. <laughs> um, oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, no, it's amazing. So well done. Like you're, you're an inspiration. Well done. Oh, thank you. No, it's and thanks so much for sharing everything that you've shared with us. Um, you know, you've been so honest and open and I'm sure that um, other people will, will get a lot out of listening to what you've been through and yeah, and hopefully um, we'll be able to take some things away from it. I hope so too. We're very blessed to be twin mums. So Absolutely. We are. And, and Jess, you said that you've got an Instagram page with the boys. If people want to follow you and find out more details, how can they go about that? Um, so it's Mrs. M-R-S, Jess Rowley, R-O-L-L-E-Y. So we just share, I'm, we sort of, it's been a bit of a changing shift lately actually, but are we, we were getting all the product stuff, um, and obviously, people just like looking at twins in cute outfits. 
<laughs> but um, now I've really shifted to um, working to change the way everything's done um, around what I'm working on. So I'm doing a lot of conscious um, parenting and child psychology. I've just started a course and working with some people out of Canada. So um, the page is shifting towards the psychological the things that play out in kids and that's got a lot of references to my childhood and where a lot of my things came from. So, um, yeah, I... If you're interested in seeing the boys and what we get up to, um, yeah, that's where we're at. So, Well, we'll share that on our page um, and so our followers can jump over and follow you along there. Oh, awesome. Thanks, yeah. guys. And if anybody does And thank you to- so much. No, thank you so much for having me. I really have enjoyed it. And I'm just going to add at the end because I have to. And if anybody does need support, uh, you can get in touch with the Butterfly Foundation. They are available online and you can also contact Lifeline on 131114. <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.